0: The 2019 Superstar Shakeup has been in full effect for one week. How are things going? We have a fun house of terror, and a mega stable is finally no more. We'll have all that plus news, match segment show of the week, and all the regular fixings you would want on the Double Turn Podcast, which starts right now. ever had one of those days where there's so much you want to get accomplished and yet you feel like you have to rush it in a 1-hour show, 2-hour show or a 3-hour show. That's how I feel most weeks about WWE. But on this show, the Double Turn Wrestling podcast, we've got all the things that you want for this show. It's Boss Ross, the J-Man is not with me this evening. He is tending to family members that are under the weather. We wish everybody a, a speedy recovery at the house of the J-Man. He should be back with us next week. We had a top five scheduled for top five Shield matches because, of course, as I teased, the Shield are finally no more. So we will have a top five next week with a different topic yet to be determined. Uh, but again, just wanted to get that out there. So, J-Man, hopefully you are back with us Next week, and hopefully, you do not catch the bug going around your house. So, with that being said, a very interesting week in the world of wrestling, and lots of things to cover. But we've got to get to news first. There were a couple of uh, big things going on. The first thing is, uh, as I mentioned, The Shield are no more. They had their uh, last chapter uh, pay per view in which uh, they wrestled, I believe it was Corbin Lashley. And somebody, oh, McIntyre, that's who it was. They beat him, of course, because it was the Shields' last match. So that was going to happen. Anybody that thought otherwise, uh, you probably lost a bet unintelligently, but that's just the way it is. Dean Ambrose is officially done with World Wrestling Entertainment. His profile has officially been moved to the alumni section. So for anybody that thought this was a work, you were wrong, which I get it. It's WWE. WWE. You never really know about these things because they throw curveballs and they throw different things and make you think it's a work when it's a shoot, or they make you think it's a shoot when it's a work. Work meaning that it's a planned event that they plan out for their show, and shoot meaning something different, meaning it's actually happening. For those of you that do not follow wrestling, those are terms. So a work is something that works within the company. A shoot is where they're shooting from the hip and kind of telling you how it is, and it's not really storyline or kayfabe related or uh, in the realm of uh, scripted. So, Dean Ambrose officially done. Don't know where he's going to sign. If he's just going to take a break from wrestling in general, uh, but of course, as always, we wish him the very best of luck in his future endeavors. The superstar shakeup had a massive shakeup once again. Only one week in, as there were certain key characters that were uh, supposed to be on one show and then they were moved to the other show. Andrade, Zelina Vega, and Alistair Black are all back on SmackDown. There are several rumors to this. Of course, SmackDown moving to Fox. Uh, they want to get uh, some of their Latino wrestlers over on SmackDown because, of course, they've got uh, Fox Deportes crossover. And uh, also, uh, evidently, Charlotte Flair's got some major pull. That shouldn't surprise anybody because she's Charlotte Flair. Her and Andrade are actually dating I know they try and keep married couples together, which is why Naomi and the Usos are on the same show. Uh, so I wonder if that has anything to do with that's at least the first thing I thought of, is that uh, Charlotte was like, no, I'd like Andrade in the same show as me because uh, we're kind of dating. And so she's kind of got that pull. That, of course, is a rumor. Perhaps that was the plan. They just wanted Andrade to be on Raw for one week. I don't know. I will tell you that uh, Alistair Black and Zelina Vega are also a couple. And they did break up Ricochet and Alistair Black, which I'm perfectly fine with. So Alistair Black, who is with Selena Vega, who is the manager of Andrade, who is dating Charlotte, are now all on the same show. Did you follow that? Good, because I'm not repeating it. Uh, so that is why we had the sudden change of we have certain people on Raw one week and then now they're just on SmackDown. Who knows? Maybe it was just a plan. Maybe it's just an oversight. You never know. This is WWE. Sasha Banks and World Wrestling Entertainment currently in a stalemate. Sasha taking an extended leave of absence due to the situation regarding her and Bayley's tag team championship loss at WrestleMania 35 to the Iconics. Yes. WWE contemplating having her win the 2019 um, women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Sasha, no word on if she's willing to play ball. She's currently under a multi-year contract with World Wrestling Entertainment. According to multiple sources, the more time Sasha misses, the more time gets added on to her contract. Here's the thing I've been very consistent on when it comes to pro sports athletes or just in general when you are under contract. Here is what I will tell you. Uh, If you are under contract and you are either A, not happy with your work conditions or B, not happy with the amount of money you make and you go to the company and you want change and they're not willing to give you change – then you, I guess, can leave if you want to. However, if you're under contract, then you either have to breach that contract, and there are penalties to that, or you stick out your contract and you deal with it and you make the best of your situation. I reference the Le'Veon Bell-Pittsburgh Steelers situation, which I realize is not the same as the Sasha Banks situation, but it proves my point. When you are under contract... And you complain that you are not making enough money, and you decide to sit out and not work for the company because you are upset about something, that is your problem, not theirs. And you are still obligated to fulfill your duties as an employee to the company you work for. Now, again, you can do things behind the scenes. You can still do your job and advocate yourself to be in a better position. But I'm sorry, when you make it public and you make it this way, I'm going to take the side of the company 99 out of 100 times. Now, I don't know the circumstances. I'm not saying I know the circumstances. But if you're telling me that Sasha Banks cried over losing the tag team titles at WrestleMania 35 and threw a fit and went on public and unfollowed WWE and and all these other things on Twitter and threw a fit, a hissy fit, I can't take her side. Now, again, I say this, I don't know the details, so I don't want to jump the gun, but on the surface, this does not look good for Sasha Banks because now she feels like she's trapped because creatively or the way she's booked is not the way she wants to be. And by the way, again, as I said this before, the way to not do this is to do it publicly. That's all I'm saying. So if it works out, and Sasha's back on TV, and she wins the Money in the Bank briefcase, and everything's fine. Excellent. I'm all for it. But if this is going to go on and on about the way she's booked, and she's going to make it public, the less I'm inclined to take her side. That's all I'm saying. Cody Rhodes, the, some, some, uh, some AEW news. Cody, the American Nightmare Cody, because he can't use his Rhodes name, WWE. WWE. There's something I will definitely take Cody's side on. His last name is Roe. Actually, it's Runnels. It's not Rhodes, so technically it is a WWE thing. He could go by Cody Runnels, but whatever. It doesn't matter anyway. Cody hyped up this huge announcement of his opponent at Double or Nothing, the next AEW pay-per-view in Las Vegas in May. It turns out it's going to be his older brother, Dustin Runnels, Dustin Rhodes, a.k.a. Gold Dust who officially worked everybody, including the J-Man and WWE. Not me, though. (laughs) Because I'd had my own sources saying that Goldust was leaving. So he's left. The Goldust character has officially been retired, according to Dustin Runnels, Dustin Rhodes. Signed a deal with all elite wrestling. We'll be having a match with his brother at Double or Nothing Memorial Day weekend. Gold does put up a heartfelt thank you to the WWE and WWE fans on his Instagram account. Let me tell you something. Uh I'm very excited for Double or Nothing. I'm very excited to where AEW is going, and I will tell you right now, perhaps they're finally going to do the Rhodes Rhodes feud correctly, or the Cody Dustin feud correctly, because they're going to be carte blanche creatively and what they're going to do, because essentially this is a new day and a new company, and they've got way more freedom. So more power to Cody and Dustin and AEW to get this done. I have no problems with this at all, at all. So I'm I'm looking forward to this. For those of you that are going to watch the uh, Double or Nothing pay-per-view, I think you should be uh, invested in this match. It's got a lot of history. Of course, it's family. You've got... Uh, Again, it's two brothers in a few that we were supposed to see at WWE a long time ago and never got it. And it'll probably be done right this time. So, I'm very excited. That's your new segment for the week. We now move on to, essentially, our three-count, or I should say my three-count of the week. The normal fixins on the Double Turn Wrestling Podcast. Three-count, one, two, three, like in wrestling. Three most important things going on in the wrestling world, according to the J-Man and I. Of course, again, J-Man not with me tonight. Hopefully, he is back with us next week. Here is what I will say for the three count this week. Here's my number one in the three count this week. Can we please decide on a name for the War Raiders or the Viking Experience or the Viking Raiders, please? Like, seriously. I don't know what they're doing. Okay? And, And furthermore... I go on NXT, the War Raiders have an NXT tag team title defense against the Street Profits in which they retain, which was very odd, and then one week they come out as the Viking Experience, which everybody was very confused about because the War Raiders entrance started, and then they were the Viking Experience with new names, they hated it. So then they decided, well, we don't want them to be the war raiders, but nobody likes the Viking experience. We'll call them the Viking raiders. Why? Okay, first of all, you're confusing the hardcore people anyway because I don't know whether I'm supposed to take these guys seriously when you change their name three times. And the casual fans, which I know there are a lot of you out there that are just casual fans and not the hardcore fans that the J-Man and I are. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. You're just different fans. How How am I supposed to convince you to take these people seriously when one week they're the Viking Experience, the next week they're the Viking Raiders? Then I tell you they used to be the War Raiders. Oh yeah, and even though they do cool stuff in the ring, I can't really have you buy into them when in the back of my mind trying to help you become more than just a casual fan that barely pays attention or kind of pays attention or really only pays attention to the big things going on because the tag team division as a whole is a disaster. How am I supposed to get you involved? It's a problem. It's a big problem, and it's my number one on my three count this week. Can we please just call them the War Raiders? They're supposed to be Vikings anyway. I don't need it in their title. They were never called it. Just call them the War Raiders. Ew, well, we can't have war in their name. So you're telling me that if Rhino came back, we can't call him the War Machine? I I, I guess not. Because we can't have war in any of our words? I don't even know what to say that's the one of my three count number two okay I understood what they were trying to do on Monday night raw okay so you have Seth Rollins who's the universal champion right You want to have essentially a number one contenders match, but you have six people and you want to have two different three ways and you want it to be exciting and invigorating and you want to get people involved and you want to cut a strong 20 minute promo to start the show to set up the rest of your show. I get it. That's a formula that sometimes works, but then when they just beat you to death with it and do it every week and it has to involve the McMahons or Triple H, it's annoying. And it's gotten to the point where I don't really care about promos because I know exactly what's going to happen. I just want to get to the matches. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm a big proponent of if you're going to cut a good promo, I'm interested in it that will hype up the match because there's way more than just the match. Everybody knows that, especially since the lead-up is important. Like, I could go on about all the important intricacies of wrestling. The lead up, the promos, the entrance music, the lighting, if they still did Pyro other than WrestleMania, which they blew probably like a million dollars on Kurt Angles at WrestleMania, which was hilarious. Like and then of course, the match, the ebb and flow of the match, the baby face and heel dichotomy. Yes, I've said that for the first time in like two months. The aftermath the feud afterwards, if they both split off, if they continue, if there's a new wrinkle in the storyline, if there's a different angle they take, if there are different motivations before, after, during the match. These are all important things. However, if you're telling me to sit through... A 30-minute promo, actually, I don't know the time of it. It felt like a 30-minute promo in which Triple H comes out, Seth Rollins comes out, Samoa Joe comes out, Rey Mysterio comes out, Drew McIntyre comes out, The Miz comes out, Baron Corbin comes out, AJ Styles comes out, and then we have a match. Then we have a match. It's it, it just mind-boggling it's mind-boggling just have some people cut promos or here's an idea have Triple H and Rollins cut a promo that's like five or ten minutes in the ring have their moment do a backstage interview segment that's short throughout the night or if you want to do three quick backstage little vignettes right so your first match was Mysterio, Joe, and AJ, right? And you want it to be the first match of the night, or make it the second match of the night, throw in a first match. So in between that, you put in the three promos, right? And then you have the match. And then you do the same thing later in the night, right? And then if you want to have the two guys that won those two matches cut promos backstage, that's fine too. But when you're just telling me, well, we're just going to lump it all in here because we have so many other things to get to. Yes, yes. Because I desperately needed to see Naomi beat Billy Kay on Raw. Or I desperately needed to see the Viking Raiders and the Lucha House Party. Or, I don't know, yeah, I needed to see Becky Lynch squash squash Alicia Fox. I needed to see none of that. So, if they did a better job with their time management, which I realize is hard because it's a three-hour show... And they're stuck doing it. I can complain about how they shouldn't do a three-hour show, but they're stuck doing it. So we're stuck watching it. So if you had better time management and did things a little more efficiently, people wouldn't be absolutely mind-boggled by your show and how horrible pacing it is. That's only the two of my three count. I will tell you what my three of my three count is this week. I absolutely love what they're doing with Elias. I love it. I actually thought I was going to hate it, what they were doing with Elias. But let me tell you something. Elias was getting prime positioning on Monday Night Raw. And then they move him to SmackDown. And what happens? He's instantly allied with Shane McMahon, who's like one of the biggest heels. which I get it. I could go into a diatribe about how and why Shane McMahon is one of the biggest heels on SmackDown, but it's the McMahons, and if you watch any part of WWE or the then-WWF, this shouldn't surprise you. But if you're going to have a power base like that, totally fine with Elias getting one over on Roman Reigns, them having a separate match instead of them both being in Money in the Bank, which both of them probably wouldn't win anyway because of this feud, it gives Roman something to do, it puts Elias in a high-profile match. Feud, whatever. I don't even care if Elias loses. This is good for the Elias character, right? So he went from mega heel to pseudo babyface, back to heel, now back to mega heel again. The character works both ways. But if you're gonna go this route, right, you might as well put him up against the big dog, who you just moved over to SmackDown. Perfect. Love this. Now, as long as it's not a squash match, and as long as, and actually, I do think Elias needs to get the first win in this feud. If they're going to make this a three match feud or at least a multiple match feud, I think Elias has to get the first win. Great. It takes Roman out of the main event scene. You're going to build him up on SmackDown. Because, by the way, if you thought Roman Reigns was going to SmackDown and not winning the WWE title, you don't know WWE and you have no idea what you're talking about. Because it's Roman Reigns, it's going to happen. So, in the meantime, you have to build Roman Reigns up to being a babyface that everybody likes because they're not turning him heel. So, that is my three count for the week, as uh, I am very much looking forward to the Elias character on SmackDown feuding with Roman Reigns. Now, before I get to match segment and show of the week, I must address the superstar shakeup. My one or er, my one week update. And one more thing before I get to it. So, here's what I will say. AJ Styles on Raw, I was very hesitant about it. I I I've since now gotten over that hesitancy. I love him on Raw. He absolutely fits. We're getting the match we want with Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. This is this is this is the match we want. Now, the other thing is this, and I why did Baron Corbin have to be in the match? Well, guess what? If if Drew McIntyre's not challenging Seth Rollins for the belt, I don't want him in a match in which he loses a number one contendership match to AJ Styles. I don't want him in it. So it perfectly worked out that Baron Corbin got a sneaky win on The Miz, who's back on Raw, which, by the way, somebody told me the stat where he's now flipped shows four times in four years. Like, he was on SmackDown, he went to Raw, he then went to SmackDown, he then went to Raw. It's four years in a row he's switched given the Superstar Shakeup, It's unbelievable. 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. That's an amazing stat for a guy that a lot of people have said is one of the most uh, talented guys they have on the roster, that they have the comfort level to have him bounce between two shows. A lot of other guys, either it would kill their character, kill their push, or kill any momentum they have switching shows that many times. So kudos to The Miz. So if you're going to do the dream match, you're going to do it at Money in the Bank. Your main feud, you're waiting for SummerSlam. That's in August. We still have months to go till then. I would not rush this. You give somebody a dream match. Even though it's AJ's first big feud since coming over to Raw, I don't mind him losing because you're telling me that Seth Rollins is the biggest deal on your biggest show because he just beat Brock Lesnar. So this is perfect. You get a dream match. You get everything that's going. So I love the AJ part of Monday Night Raw. Excellent. Uh, on the SmackDown side. And again, I'm being kind of very brief because I think it's kind of worked itself out and I give it a few more weeks. So we'll have more updates as we go. You know who else I absolutely love on SmackDown? Lars Sullivan. I I said this before, you either need to move Braun Strowman to SmackDown and keep Lars Sullivan on Raw or you need to keep Braun Strowman on Raw and move Lars Sullivan to SmackDown because I do not need to see my monsters face each other anytime soon. Because, unlike Braun Strowman, they have booked Lars Sullivan extremely intelligently and very safely, and they've protected him and his character ever since NXT. So, if you're going to have Lars Sullivan be the bully and have him just beat up a bunch of people and put him in a prime position where he's either going to get a title shot at some point, or he's going to beat up somebody and get a title shot, or you're going to build him up to be the guy that... Maybe not necessarily beats Kofi Kingston, but maybe beats the guy that beats Samoa Joe for the United States title. You give him a nice run there. And then when you're ready to give him the big push, whoever the babyface is, is going to be ready to do that. Now, I probably need to see him with either a manager or I need to have him cut promos eventually. But for the time being, the Lars Sullivan character, perfect on SmackDown, leave it the way it is. Let's see where we go from here. That seems fair. So that's your quick superstar shakeup for the week. Love AJ on Raw. I actually love most of the things that are going on on Raw. Ricochet on Raw makes absolutely a ton of sense, right? The Miz fits in perfectly on Raw with everything else. We finally got Joe on Raw this week, right? Because he was out sick the first week. That was why it was weird when Finn Balor was technically on both shows, and so we found out he was on SmackDown, so they had to move Joe. That was kind of weird. Uh, And so that's why they have to hold off and maybe Braun Strowman and Samoa Joe are going to do something next week. I mean, there are gaps and holes everywhere you go. But and then, of course, on SmackDown, I already mentioned Roman Reigns, Elias. Love those two both being on that show. Lars Sullivan. The women, it still seems a bit crowded on the SmackDown side. It really does. Um, We're we're going to see Becky and Charlotte again which I know some of you are going to be very upset with the fact that we're going to get Becky and Charlotte again. Whereas on the Raw side, uh, Lacey Evans is getting uh, a mega push, getting a title shot against against Becky Lynch. So I don't know if this uh, Becky Two Belts thing is going to last very long because I don't know if she's going to retain both titles. It would make sense to have Charlotte get some gimmick win and have her still be one up, but then get her away from the Becky Lynch character because she'll be on SmackDown and Becky will just be on Raw. That could work. So, again, it's one week. I realized that I really liked Andrade on Raw, and now he's on SmackDown, so that kind of ruins that. I mean, again, one week. So far, very happy. All right, the last thing I have to get into before match segment and show of the week is the Firefly Funhouse with Bray Wyatt. Now, for weeks, we've been seeing spooky promos with a bird coming out of a box and some lady doll thing on a chair or a horse laughing maniacally. I was like, okay, well, this is either Mojo Raleigh, like, hearing voices and playing with dolls, or this is Bray Wyatt, and that's the Buzzards and Sister Abigail. Like, I don't know which. And then we got... The Firefly Funhouse, in which Bray Wyatt said that a cutout of his former self he's never going back to, and then proceeded to uh, cut it in half with a chainsaw, since that's not creepy at all. So, again, I will give it a chance. It's a little weird. But then again, the Bray Wyatt character's been a little weird. He had the whole Cape Fear vibe going. So, I will give it a chance. It's a little hokey. It's a little zany. Not Sammy Zayn though. His heel promos have been excellent. But, oh, there's something else I have to address after I get through this. Firefly Funhouse, though. I'm waiting for the other side of, you know, the spooky buzzard shows up and the spooky doll shows up. And then Bray Wyatt, like, kind of hides it and is like, I don't know what this is. I got to get rid of it. But then, like, they, like, interact with them or however they do it is fine. It's great. Bray Wyatt's back. That's exciting. Jojo will be back in no time after she uh after she's ready to come back. Okay? All things are good. WWE is going to be better with Bray Wyatt. That's all I'm going to say. Another thing I must address is uh Kevin Owens turning heel on Kofi Kingston was one of the greatest things ever. I had a message from a uh, from a coworker of mine who is also into wrestling, and he just texted me a picture of Daniel Bryan doing yes. I was like, I have no idea what this means, but he's not telling me a spoiler. I get home, get through the match, and Kevin Owens rips off his shirt, beats down Kofi Kingston, and now Kofi Kingston has an opponent at Money in the Bank, and it's Kevin Owens. Do you have any idea how much I want to see Kevin Owens be the WWE champion? And here's the thing. Like, I get people are booing him because it's Kofi Kingston. I get it. But Kevin Owens is one of those characters that it's like, I don't think people are going to long-term boo this man. I mean, he's turned on Zayn. He's turned on Jericho. He's turned on The New Day. He's turned on basically everybody. And he still gets cheered because people really like him. So... Even though I don't necessarily at this moment think Kevin Owens is going to beat Kofi Kingston for the WWE title at Money in the Bank, it sure as heck got me more interested for anything Kofi Kingston as the WWE champion is going to do within the next month. So kudos to WWE and kudos to Kevin Owens. There it is. Match, segment, and show of the week. Okay, I'm actually going to do this in reverse because... I want to show of the week, Monday night raw, other than the 30 minute promo, right? We still had two very good triple threats, which then was so, so AJ beat Mysterio and Joe. That was one half of the triple threat to have the number one contender for Rollins at money in the bank. Another mouthful. Then later in the night, it was, uh, Ms. McIntyre and Corbin actually it was only two matches later Ms. McIntyre and Corbin, in which Baron Corbin stole the win. So it would set up AJ and Corbin later in the night. We got a very entertaining Cedric Alexander-Cesaro match. Uh, we also got, oh, Ricochet and the return of Robert Rude. For any Impact fans out there that loved Robert Rude, Mr. Wall Street. <laughs> you know, the actual character in which... Uh, before he turned babyface again as a single, being Bobby Rude, he was Robert Rude. You know the dastardly heel, the guy everybody wanted to see over in World Wrestling Entertainment, and he never got a shot until much later. The guy that was—I mean, even though it was still that incarnation, he was still kind of that character with beer money, essentially with uh, Storm that everybody loved. He's got the—he's got the wacky mustache. He's got to cut great promos, and you maybe immediately care about him by beating Ricochet, who you've treated like a big deal and is a big deal. It doesn't hurt Ricochet because now you're building somebody else up. You got rid of Rude and Gable as a tag team with their stupid gimmick, the glorious ones. So now all that's left is to get rid of that dumb music because that's played itself out, make Robert Roode a separate character, build off of his strengths, hide his weaknesses, put him in serious matches, and everything will be fine. And then, of course, we had AJ and uh, Corbin have a very acceptable match, because I've said this before, Baron Corbin as a heel is one of the most improved wrestlers and talents in WWE over the past year. And everyone laughed at me when I said that. It's, it's, It's true. Baron Corbin has evolved into a heel that gets real heat not go away heat actual heat heat meaning people care to actually want to see this guy get his ass kicked that's all i'm saying that's a good thing as a heel because that's what heels are supposed to do so ricochet helping out robert Roode, the character excellent i'll give it i'll give it a few more weeks until they screw this up too but at least i can be happy about it love it so, Raw is my show of the week. Segment of the week, I got to tell you, this was tough. Segment of the week. Honestly, it's probably, it's, oh gosh, this is tough. It's probably Sami Zayn's promo again. I think, I think Sami Zayn can do no wrong with his promos. I really don't. And I know there were probably a lot of other things that people liked, uh, but... For whatever, for whatever it's worth, I just really have enjoyed Sami Zayn's heel promos. I mean, not the one where, well, we have to hear his music three million times for, in order for it to get over that he really hates the area and the universe. No, I don't need to see that. But right now, you know, now I need to see Sami Zayn wrestle. So segments right now, as of this moment, his promos are some of the best things that are going this week. Match of the week was very tough. There were actually a lot of really good uh there were actually a lot of really good choices. Both triple threats on Raw were very good. Um let's see. Balor and Andrade had a very good match on SmackDown. Um but I will tell you right now, you want my favorite match of the week? It's on two oh five live again. And it's Drew Gulak and Umberto Carrillo, and I'll tell you why. So, I've mentioned this before about 205 Live, about how it's an hour, it's fast-paced, you get in a main feud for the title, or in this case, there was a number one contenders match and then another match with another high-profile feud, right? Because Carrillo and Gulak have been feuding. So, you have a situation where Umberto Carrillo is... Kind of the new guy. He's kind of been going between NXT and 205 Live. He's a very smooth worker. I haven't he- heard him cut a lot of promos. Very smooth in the ring. Can pretty much work with anybody that they've put him up against. Against the best character in 205 Live. The best. Drew Gulak. He's the most complete package. I hope they give him the Cruiserweight title at some point. I mean, since Tony Nese is a, is a babyface now, Drew Gulak beating him makes a ton of sense now. That would be awesome. I don't know if they're going to do it, but when you have Carrillo doing the stuff from the top of the from the top of the turnbuckle, where Gulak's like, "You got to get down here," and he's like, "No, I'll just land on you." No, jump in the rig. Like they're having an actual conversation during an actual match. Like it, 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 it just the whole comedic value, and then the fact that Gulak's one of the best performers they have, whether it's on the mic or in the ring. Carrillo's super smooth with everybody he works with. This match, I absolutely loved. I realized that Davari and Lorcan had a a great match, too. That was the other match that I left out. That, That was probably way up there, too. And if it weren't for the two triple threats and some of the great stuff that was going on on Raw that I loved, I probably would have picked 205 Live as my show this week. But when you tell me that... I'm so invested in a match, and then you give me some nuances and just a little bit of comedy. Not much, just a little bit of comedy that works. It fits within the storyline. It fits within the match. It fits within everything you're doing. That is what I appreciate. Plus, I'm a huge Drew Gulak fan, and pretty much everything he does, I'm going to like. So, as a quick recap, my show of the week is Raw. My segment of the week is the Sami Zayn promo, and my match of the week is... Drew Gulak versus Umberto Carrillo, which, by the way, ended in a no contest. Yes, I said it. A match that was my match of the week ended in a no contest. Loved it. Because I'm all about finishes, so I probably should have picked Davari, but I'm flying solo, and I'm picking a match that went no contest because I enjoyed all of it, and then it had a schmoz finish, but everything else leading up to it was great. So there you go. Next week, we will have a top five for you. Topic to be determined. We'll have the J Man back next week. We'll have another update on Superstar Shakeup Week Two, possibly. We got to start getting ready for Money in the Bank. That's for sure. Still seems like it's forever away. Of course, Double or Nothing also seems like it's forever away. But we'll have much more of that, of course. Three Count, Match Segment Show of the Week, news, everything you love about this show. Boss Ross flying solo tonight, but that's going to do it for... Oh, by the way, I've, I've, I've been told I must do this. Uh, you must follow our Instagram account, in which we post up a lot of different things on that account. And just when it comes to just either stories that are going on or behind the scenes things that are going on or just little fun facts that we pick up or stories the double turn podcast it's all one it's all one little word so the double turn podcast you can find that on instagram j-man is uh mainly posting up stuff for us there you can also uh, check out the one and only j-man 19 that is his instagram account and my account ross the real boss 85. That is going to do it for this week of the Double Turn Wrestling Podcast. I'm Boss Ross. Until next time, we will catch you, or I will catch you, on the flip side.